Thank you for downloading this sermon from Trinity Presbyterian Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. For more information about Trinity, visit our website at www.trinityspartanburg.com. What does it mean to be pragmatic? That's my question. What does it mean to be pragmatic? Well, Google told me this, dealing with things sensibly and realistically in a way that is based on practical rather than theoretical situations. Practical rather rather than theoretical situations. One can be pragmatic or dogmatic, but not both. Well, I mean, to a degree you could be both, but... If you were fully pragmatic, you would be 0% dogmatic. And if you were 100% dogmatic, you would be 0% pragmatic. Pragmatic means you decide what you're going to do in your life by what will its end results be. Simple as that. Dogmatic is you follow a rule whatever the concept, wherever, the, wherever it takes you. Right? You follow a rule, you plot it out first by that rule, and wherever it takes you is where you go. Frame, John Frame said, the view that results, when speaking of pragmatism, the view that results, um, sorry, the view that results are the ultimate justification for any idea or action. The results. What is the outcome of this is pragmatism. Um, Chesterton said the pragmatist tells a man to think what he must think and never mind the absolute, right? Never mind the rules, never mind the, the forms, never mind the absolute, never mind the word of God. Just do thinking about what the end results are going to be. Um, another another idea about pragmatism is it is doing what is a it it, it proclaims that what is efficient is good what is efficient is good full-blown pragmatism is opposed to absolute truth right full-blown pragmatism um, does not allow a place for absolute truth the end is all there is no guiding rules of decorum or of propriety nothing Um, guides the decision other than the end results. Pragmatism also does this. It it allows or it... um, Our actions show that we... what we really believe is true. What we're always aiming for in our actions shows what we believe is true. Um, Pragmatism also enables one to justify means if the ends are virtuous and good in improving one's own circumstances, right? If they're virtuous and good toward my own end circumstances, what's good for me? Um, Dogmatism or idealism or the opposite of pragmatism is this. Before considering the results what might be good for me, decisions are made according to truth, according to principles. We as Christians would say it's according to the Word of God. Is how we would come to the end of a matter. Um, should Christians or can Christians be pragmatists? The answer is absolutely not. No. Christians cannot be pragmatists. 
Um, to live the pragmatic life is to have at the base of your reason your own personal benefit. That's called self-centeredness. That is forbidden by Scripture. But Jesus said, take up your cross and die daily. That's not very pragmatic, is it? Take up your cross and die daily. Psalm 15, a really, really important passage when it comes to pragmatics. Psalm 15, verses 1 through 4. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart, he does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. That is not being pragmatic. The pragmatist would only ever do what doesn't hurt, Right? But the idealist or the dog, dogmatist or the Christian would go a different way. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. The pragmatist would never live that way. Only a conscience bound by the word of God, enlivened by the presence of the Holy Spirit, would do anything like that. Right? To, to stick to a vow made when it's very, very, very painful. Um, why is that? Why can Christians live like that? Why, isn't, why shouldn't the end of our decisions be what feels the best, what leads to our, our comfort, what, what leads to what we would call are the blessings of God and serenity? And why, why not? Well, because at the bottom of our being, if we know Jesus Christ then we have it as our ambition to be pleasing to the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5.9. That's the end of all that we do. We want to be pleasing to the Lord. That's the consideration that we have before every decision we make. Is this going to please the Lord? Not necessarily is it going to make me feel good, because some of those things that please the Lord may mean that it's going to wreck your life. It's so painful to go through. right? But you know it's going to please the Lord. How to live a life that pleases the Lord, it's by obeying His absolute truths. Is that hard? Is that hard? Why is that hard? Because we're sinners. Right? We want to do what we want to do. We want to do what feels good. And it's very hard to, at times, get the flesh to go along with, um, with the Spirit. Do we face the temptation to be pragmatic, shoving aside what we know is right? Do we face that daily? I face it daily. Right? Every day I think we have choices that we have to make where we have to say where we're where we're doing this this weighing. Is this going to be good for me or is this going to glorify God? Right? Should I do what's going to glorify God or should I do what's just going to please me and is going to make make things smooth? When we shove aside what is right, is it sin? Well, of course few examples of this to get your juices flowing on this. And, and it just, my, my purpose in this is for you to examine yourself whether or not you're pragmatic 
over dogmatic in the way that you make your decisions in your life. Um, Sabbath keeping. When I was new in the faith, I was challenged to keep the Sabbath. There was a cost to it. The cost of it was my grades would probably go down because I wouldn't be able to study anymore on Sundays for, for graduate school. And I wouldn't be able to attend certain required concerts and whatnot. And so I had to do, okay, am I going to live by God's word? Or am I going to live according to what's going to make you know, things go smoothly in my life? Well, by God's strength, I, I kept the Sabbath and I passed, at the very least. Um, Sarah, Sarah, there's an example I think of when it comes, when Sarah and I were back in music school at Indiana and she... She was often um, cast for, or she was a few times cast for roles in, in operas that she knew she was going to be put in compromising situations. And yet to deny them was basically to sabotage the rest of her studies at Indiana University. And yet, so there's that dilemma. Do I live by God's word that says, you know, be modest? Or do I... Do what's easy, do what the director says, and my career's laid out for me from there. Um, <clears throat> after leaving Christ the Word Church, we had made a commitment to their building project, personally. And, and we were about halfway through that commitment, and we were leaving. I, never, I knew I would never be a part of that building. I would never have an office in there. I, would ne I wouldn't be ministering in there. But I had made the commitment. I had made the vow. And we had... Um, so that's when we first got down here. We had that commitment back at Christ the Word. And we had a house up there that hadn't sold. And we're running down here. So things are tight. And we have to make this. And, and it would have been easy for me to say, uh, they wouldn't expect you to pay that. Right, just let it let it go, or maybe ask for it off. But no, we kept it and we finished our commitment there. It was another one of those dilemmas. Am I going to do what? Am I going to keep a vow even when it hurts, or am I going to do what's easy and go after my comfort? Early in our marriage, Sarah and I, when we were first married. Um, had been taught how to live as man and woman, as head, headship and submission within marriage. And we went back to her family's place and they had different views. And they brought it up and wanted to talk about it. And we knew it was going to be in a very uncomfortable situation. And so at the Christmas Eve dinner table with all 25 people seated around the table, that's when it comes up. And right there we face the dilemma, are we going to back down from what we believe and take the pragmatic route and keep the peace, or are we going to speak truth and speak what we believe as compassionately and winsomely as we could? Well, when people are screaming at you about slavery, it's very hard to be winsome in return. But, but we did stick to our guns. I'm not sure we said anything really profound or anything well, but... We said it, and, and it was good for our marriage. It was good for our marriage, though it was painful at the moment. 
Think of historical examples of this question of pragmatism versus dogmatism or pragmatism versus faith, really. Um, think of all the martyrs. Think of if all the martyrs were pragmatic. <laughs> what would all the martyrs have done if they were pragmatists? What would Polycarp have done? Right? These 80 years I've served you, but I'll confess. I'll bow my knees to Caesar and that way I'll be able to continue to talk about Christ. Right? All the martyrs wouldn't have died. They wouldn't have been martyrs if they were pragmatists. There was a point where they had to profess their faith or do what was good for their own flesh. Right? And they chose to do what was, what was glorifying to God. Um, Stephen. I mean, think of Stephen in the Scripture. Um, it was not very pragmatic to go before the Sanhedrin and preach the sermon he preached. But it was truth. And he was a prophet. And he died because of it. Think of situations like this. Edwards, uh, Jonathan Edwards' daughter, I think it was Jerusha, went and cared for um, family members who had smallpox or... Yeah, it wasn't a family member. It was a friend, a pastor friend. Jonathan sent his daughter to take care of this guy. And I think, you know, she could have pled, look, I'm a young lady. I've got my life ahead of me. Very contagious, deadly disease. And yet she goes and cares for him, doing what's glorifying to God, but not pragmatic at all. Calvin. John Calvin in Geneva visited plague hospitals outside of the walls of Geneva. It's not pragmatic, is it? I mean, the head of the Reformation in, in Geneva goes out there and is, sabotage, is potentially sabotaging his entire ministry, but he sees other ministers going out there and it's his turn to share. Now, eventually they did boot him from it and they wouldn't let him do it. But all the other pastors had to do their rotation and to visit the plague patients. And that glorifies God, and that certainly is not a pragmatic decision. Pragmatism will rot your faith and indicate that, um, that we have no fear of God and that the word of Christ does not dwell within us richly. That's what pragmatism will do. But think of this. Think of the opportunity that you as a Christian have. You have the opportunity before every decision you make, every, every um, action you take in this life, you have, a dis you have to say, and you get to say, this is a good thing to get to say, Am I going to do what pleases me or am I going to do what pleases God? And they're often very different ends, very different answers, right? Very different solutions to those questions. But you get the opportunity to consider God in everything you do. Everything you do. Am I going to do this homework to the glory of God or am I going to do it fast and quick so that I can go play Zom's Royale? Right? I mean, everything we do, am I going to wake up and be crabby at my family today? 
or am I going to glorify God? Right, Anna? <laughs> Actually, you're pretty good in the morning. Um, everything we do, we have to, um, we have to think through this, this, um, this question. But it's a glorious opportunity to consider God and what pleases Him in every decision. That's a glorious thing. And just think what amazing works have been done by the saints through the history, by the martyrs, by pastors, by ordinary Christians. Things who have done ex- just ordinary but also extraordinary things for the Lord because they just wanted to please Him. Pure and simple. If they wanted to please themselves, they never would have done it. Never would have done it. Right? Elizabeth Elliot going and, and um, ministering to the Indians who killed her husband. Pragmatism would say, whoo, you know, come back to the States, get remarried, be a pastor's wife, leave that alone. And she's like, no, I'd rather glorify God and go back and risk my life and even die for those Indians. And so stop and think about how many decisions you make are pragmatic and you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked how, how many things you could have made a different decision. And it would have been more for the glory of God than for your own flesh. Let's pray. Our Father, we pray that you would help us to repent of, of being pragmatic and of only considering our bodies and our flesh in our decision making. Lord, I pray that we would glorify you and that we would desire to please you that we would have it as our ambition to lead a life that pleases you. And so we would delight to deny the flesh and to live for you, to do what pleases you, to walk through this life constantly thinking of how we can please our Heavenly Father. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.